mixes it up with the tone of her voice. Hello. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Mind, Mind Body Stuff. Ooh. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in Minneapolis. We're trying to spice things up, yeah. as you can tell. We're traveling on the podcast in our relationship. That's right. That's how you should do it, folks. <laughs> Keep the spice going. Yeah, that's right. Even with your podcast buddy. Always with your podcast partner. <laughs> um, yes, Bernice is right. We are traveling. We're in the Twin Cities right now. We just did quarter two workshop with a amazing group of women. It was awesome. Great quarter two stuff on body love from body love armor to, to armoire. armoire. <laughs> <laughs> you take your armor off and you put it, put in, it your in the closet. <laughs> Where are we going to buy armor today? In your armoire. That's right. And then you take it out when you need it. That's, yes. Mm-hmm. Very yes. Nice. Very helpful. Very handy. Very handy and helpful. Handy and helpful. Yes. Um, so, for those of you who tuned into our podcast of me interviewing Bernice, I thought that was a real good interview. She is more of a journalist than I am, I would say. I am. But yeah. I'm also an extremely curious human being. That That's what makes you a good journalist. Like, you mm-hmm. would be great, like, in the Rose Garden. I'm going to be like... Excuse me, Mr. President, excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to be like the worst old person. People are going to hate talking to me. I'm going to be like, well, tell me more about that. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. People, I... people love to talk about themselves. That's true. That's what my husband always says, because I, I have a social anxiety. Uh-huh. So he's like, don't worry, B, just ask them a few questions because because people love to talk about themselves. Sure. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. of course they do. Well, you had very fascinating stuff for us to talk about. So well, you were a very, very easy interviewer. I thought mine was quite good. My you, friend. But just so everyone knows, you should listen to that podcast. Blow your mind. I, that one wasn't as good. Uh, all right. But my life, also, I'm just not as interesting as you are. I don't think that's true. It is true. Um, so one of the things that came up in that podcast, for those of you who have not listened, is Bernice's diet, <laughs> which then on Facebook in the ULA community page on Facebook, if you're not a member, you should join. But a discussion came up about this, uh, this topic of food and what we eat. And, uh, so to just give you guys a little backstory, I was talking about how Bernice basically, um, your diet, I don't want to say your diet's bad, because your diet's not bad. It's, it's not. It's not bad. But it's not great either. It's not a stellar diet. It's not a stellar diet. But we were talking about how your skin is so amazing, and you're ageless, and you have bountiful energy. And what I find fascinating about that is the the, the principle that it's not so much important what you eat, it's the importance or the intention that you give to the food that you're putting into your body. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if Bernice is thinking, wow, three peanut M&Ms are going to change my life, I believe those three M&Ms will then change her life. And they do. And they do. Mm -hmm. Now, if Bernice thought, I don't know if I should be eating these, I feel guilty eating this, I shouldn't do it, then I don't think the peanut M&M's are going to have a positive effect on her body. But, Bernice, you use peanut M&M's as like they're your lifesaver. They're like my life fuel. They're like your fuel. Like yeah. this woman runs on peanut M&M's. Everyone's like, uh-oh, that's bad. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It, it, it is interesting. I think I do have a blood sugar problem. You have a blood sugar problem. So, um... And I tend towards low blood sugar. After I had my first kid, it got worse for whatever reason. It just yeah. changed the composition of my body a little bit. And um, and so I learned that if I... And I never overdo. It's never like I eat a whole bag of no. peanut M&M's. It's but, more, you, but you guys, I'm staring at a bag of <laughs> peanut M&M's right now. But they're always around. Yes. They are the, like this this like security blanket that you have with you all the time because you know... They're going to change your life when you eat them. Yes, and this is, in my mind anyway, and I'm sure this isn't true if we looked at it nutritionally, but in my mind, you've got the peanut, mm-hmm. which you've got the protein, mm-hmm. you've got the chocolate, mm-hmm. has a little sort of endorphin boost in the chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got the sugar. 
mm-hmm. so we can keep, get our blood sugar back up a little bit. So we've right. got three essential things I need, which right. is some protein, mm-hmm. some sugar, mm-hmm. and some endorphin boost mm-hmm. from the chocolate. Totally. And boom. And then I eat three, maybe five. Five's a big five's, five's a, a big lot. moment for you. Five's a lot. I'm overdoing, but that means I'm kind of needing needing You're more. really needing, needing some, more. You need a little boost there. I need a little boost. And then and then I'm done for maybe two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Then I go back. Yeah. And basically, more. you do this all day long. I mean, you started your day with some peanut M and M's. I watched you this morning. Here they are. I'm lifting them up. Pretty still full. Pretty Let me full. Fill that bag. I had some today, so I definitely. But when I eat peanut M and M's, I'm like, I'll eat fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. Everyone knows. And then she gets this look in her eye. She's like, I don't think you should eat those. <laughs> <laughs> they know to say, I'm only having a few. Is it okay if I just take a couple? But then she watches how many you put in your hand. Like, I'm going to die if you I eat know those. Is you that what you are. want? Is that what you want? You want me to die? Because that's what's going to happen if you eat my M&M's. This is my life source. And then I have to stand. remind her that there's a grocery store right down the street. There's more. There's always more. That's right. There's more M&M's. But I would like to... So I would just like to introduce where uh, from just a purely scientific um, standpoint... You could look at, uh, or I guess maybe the way that a, a uh, health conscious person mm-hmm. would look at. Like a would, nutritionist. Yeah, a nutritionist even. may look at this and they may say, yeah, but you've got all of this simple sugar that's going to spike your your sugar and then you're going to have a drop from it. You've got, um, you've got. Fat, um, probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned about fat because I think fat is sustaining and nourishing, but that's a whole different story maybe we'll get to that in this podcast but then you've got the dyes and dyes are linked to you know this like isn't the red one what they are most concerned about the like red yeah and like you know one of ray's friends his you know one of his young friends is like Like, we don't eat i tried to give him m&m he's like i can't eat that i can't eat the dye and he has um adhd and yeah he's on the spectrum a little bit yeah very it's good he knows his diet yeah but he knows that kind of triggers him. That triggers it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't even think about the dye. The dye. You know, I'm yeah. so sorry. That yeah. I'm, you know. Yeah. And so it's fascinating to me that, you know, oftentimes we may associate um, a poor diet with feeling not so great. Yeah. Or we would have, we would see like repercussions of uh, maybe some of the other food habits you have as well. Bacon. Lots of bacon, um, yeah, Coke, like you have a lot I try of... to drink that much Coke, but see, now we're on a trip, and so really I want a chai tea. You want a chai tea, but the chai tea you get is just so full of sugar. Laced in sugar is the sweet chai, everyone, just so you know. But the thing is, that's also interesting, is that I would I would say that I have a, a better diet than you. You have a very good diet. Yeah, you do. And I'm conscientious about what I eat and all that, but... I would probably say that you feel better than I feel. I might. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I have maybe more energy sometimes. You have more energy than me. Um, I'm not sure, you know. So if, like, food is life, and if food is our life source, then I would think by you. what I eat that I would have more energy and that I would feel better in my body. But it's not true. It's just not true. And so this is where I find this yeah, is this is where I think it gets really interesting mm-hmm. because I don't always think that so I so so my kind of story with food and you have a really different story with food and I think it I think your story with food is also interesting. Mm-hmm. So my story with food is when I started not feeling great, um, I went through this this time period where I got extremely lethargic like you guys to the point that when I would run errands with uh Rob like I would fall asleep in the car and I wouldn't go into the grocery store because I was too tired like I was so lethargic my hair was falling out like I had all these weird health things going on so what I did is I started to really dive into nutrition and like uh figuring out how to basically heal my body and I do think I, I think living. healthy living, and I I think food actually is really important, and that's why I haven't kind of ditched my way of eating to just eat like you know gas station pizza, mm-hmm. like sometimes you do. But what I did is I dove really deeply into studying and learning about food, different like um, blood type diets, um, even like 
um, I, I, I would sprout all of my seeds and nuts and, and I'd soak all my beans and I'd cook beans from scratch and I went through a vegan phase and I went through a, um, like an Ayurvedic, uh, eating for, for that type, that body type, um, that I am pizza, if anyone cares, pizza. <laughs> um, Prana. what else? Like I had all these different kind of tests done, like blood tests done. And, and I really dove deeply into it. And I will say that, um, the thing that has made me feel the best is, I don't know, maybe, maybe just having a positive relationship with food. And, and as I've as I've gone through my food journey and as I've gone through my health journey, um, I think it's, 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 it does have a lot to do with the energy or the, um, idea that I have behind the food, mm, the intent, the intent, or yes, what, what energy I've put into that food. Because mm -hmm. for me, like one of my favorite, we just played this game, um, last week where we asked everyone in the room, like if you could only eat one thing, one meal for the rest of your life. You have to eat it at every single meal. It doesn't matter if it's healthy. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, the content of it does not matter. Just what would you eat for the rest of your life? And at first I kind of did this elaborate one and they're like, stop. Because I was like, can it be three courses? Because here's my thought on it. And they're like, no, pick a food. And mine would totally be bread and butter with an insane amount of butter. You guys, I got an English muffin this morning at breakfast and I got four patties of butter for my English muffin because here's the thing, bread and butter makes me feel really good and it makes me so happy. And so I have, I do not feel even an ounce of guilt when I put maybe four servings of what they would consider a serving of butter on my bread because I believe deeply that butter makes me feel good, and I deeply believe that butter is good for the brain. So especially while I'm pregnant, I eat a disgusting amount of butter to the average person. Mm -hmm. But my point is, I think that butter is good for me. I know that butter makes me feel good. I love bread and butter, so I don't think bread and butter has any negative impact on me. Mm, I love that. But, you know, maybe from like a nutritionist standpoint white bread and butter is maybe not the best option mm -hmm. for me, you know? So starting to um, just just think about these these things is interesting. And that's where I think, again, I'm going to get back to one of our ULA sayings, sort of, is you're the expert on you. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that in terms of knowing your body, knowing who you are, and knowing what works for you. Mm -hmm. And kind of experimenting with that. So, you know, I have experimented with, like, I'll eat healthy. I'll eat some fruit on this as a snack. But, of course, for my blood sugar, it doesn't work real good. Even fruit? Even though it's sugar? It, no, it doesn't. It kind of goes up a little bit. Not enough. I think it's just not complex <laughs> enough. And so it doesn't really lift me out. And then it, and then it drops right away. So I'm like, I still feel terrible. Mm. Like, I'm like, I feel terrible. So I've experimented with a lot of different foods. And that's how I arrived at the peanut M&Ms <laughs> over years and years of experimentation. Because it was like... Mm -hmm. If I had to eat one food and it had, if that's all I had, because I was in graduate school years ago, but it would, you'd be stuck there for like for hours, six hours, hours. Yeah, sure. and I'd be like, oh, I forgot my lunch, but I'd have this bag of M&Ms and I would eat like three, like every hour. And I'm like, that was enough to sustain me through the six hours. Hmm. So my brain could keep working. I could keep engaging with everybody, mm -hmm. but I would experiment with different foods. What would keep me kind of mm -hmm. going? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the foods. As horrendous as it sounds. But of course, that doesn't work for everybody, right. as we know. I think one of the problems, though, is two things. And you just touched on this. You are the expert on you. And I think I think, oftentimes we're always looking for somebody else to tell us what is good for us. Yes. What is good for me? What's healthy? What's what good should for I me? eat? What should I be eating? And there's now a lot of problems with this because... There's a lot of money in the food industry, and there's a lot of people who are pushing their agenda and calling it healthy. Mm -hmm. So for me, like anything that's like uh, low-fat or fat-free yogurt is bogus. Like yogurt, if you're eating it, should be full-fat, in my opinion. I just got in, in, in a fight with my sister about this in oh, Hawaii. Full-fledged fight at dinner. She thinks you should. Where I have almost had to leave the dining room table. <laughs> like I might hate you. Because I said, 
I bought um, 2% milk to have with the meal. Sure. And I said, my mom, my the grandmother of our grandchildren, yes. of all our children, it can have 2% milk. My mom is 90 years old, mm-hmm. and she's in very good shape. And my sister's like, that is ridiculous. She does not need any fat. My mom is not overweight in any way. Right. But it's bad for her. She can only have skim milk. Mm-hmm. So we had a huge fight about fat content. Mm-hmm. And that I, that she should be buying real butter, mm-hmm. not the fake butter. Right. But it was it was massive. My my sister totally believes in the non-fat, non-fat. Fat. non-fat. But the thing is, when they take out the fat, they usually add sugar. I told her that. And I that. think sugar is is much more of a problem on our systems than fat. However, again, if you believe that your fat-free Chobani yogurt is the best absolute um, way to start your point. day, then that's what you then that's what you need to eat. You know, so so there is there are two sides to this coin for sure. But when we look to somebody else to tell us what is going to be good for us, then we have disempowered us, ourselves. We've disempowered ourselves and we've said somebody else is the, is the expert. Somebody and not else. staying curious about ourselves. Well, and yes. Like when I ingest this food. Totally. No matter if it's healthy or unhealthy, how do I feel? Totally. Right. And I think that another big issue here is that people, most people... Are pretty numb in their bodies. Oh, yeah, good point. And I think a lot of people just eat, and they don't take the time to actually uh, ask the question: How is this making my body feel? Having a dialogue with your having body. a dialogue with your body, checking in. How does this feel? I think that's the reason why a lot of people, um, I don't know, eat really fast or overeat or um, maybe okay. eat foods that actually aren't making them feel good because they just aren't tuned into how their body is feeling. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, we use food for a lot of different things. We use food actually to numb out pain. We use food in a lot of ways that maybe aren't super nourishing. And I think the effects are then not super nourishing. Mm -hmm. But for example, and I've given this example before at trainings or workshops or, or whatever, but when I go on vacation, I, I don't exercise and I don't, uh, I don't restrict my food. Like, I pretty much eat whatever I want to eat. And the interesting thing about that is usually on, um, like, on vacation, I, I feel really good. And I do, like, I know that there's, like, taboo about the scale, but I do have a scale at my house. And I find it interesting because I I usually um, don't gain any weight or I lose, lose weight, weight on vacations. Like I'm talking two weeks in England eating scones with clotted cream and, you know, whatever else. Batter I, fried cod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, not restricting, just eating things that taste so good and I'm enjoying them so much and I stop to think, okay, how interesting is this? Because if I'm at home and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing ULA several times a week and I'm um, conscientious about what I'm preparing for meals because I do like to eat healthy. I mean, that's not, it doesn't feel like a chore, but it's fascinating that I could change my diet and eat anything I want and not exercise and my body actually responds really positively to that. Mm. And I think because there's this piece of I am really enjoying it. Mm really enjoying it Mm -hmm. and it tastes good and I'm on vacation and moving slow and allowing myself to really experience it and enjoy it. And I find that fascinating. Mm -hmm. What do you, I mean, I don't know. Do you, I'm also curious, um, curious about your relationship with food at times too, because you were anorexic. Mm -hmm. I was anorexic. But it seems to me that you, um, don't have a lot of residual residual stuff from the anorexia. from your anorexia. Then that was Would a, you say that's true? Um, I don't as much. You know what happened is my body stepped in. Mm, yeah, my body, the expert, stepped in yeah. because I was very good in my twenties at starving myself. Mm-hmm. Very good, like mm-hmm. stellar starver, mm-hmm. like on top of it, five ten, one twenty five. Like, mm-hmm. sure. So thin, you know, thinking I'm rocking the, you know, my bathing suit's so loose. Like, my bikini bottoms are just barely sitting on my hip bones. 
months. Right. And um, and then I got married and I had my first kid because I wanted to have a kid before I was 30 for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It was sort of an arbitrary date for myself. So I had a kid at 29, a daughter. And, um, and then after I had my daughter, there was this sort of shift in my makeup, uh, physical makeup, where mm-hmm. I remember going um, out shopping with friends and I hadn't eaten for a while. Like I wouldn't, you know, I'm like, whatever, I'm just starve. And we went out and suddenly they were like, let's get something to eat. It's lunchtime. And I'm like, I'm not hungry. And then I looked up and I felt so dizzy mm-hmm. and the blood, my blood sugar just crashed and I was going to faint. It mm-hmm. never happened to me before. Anyway, this low blood sugar issue jumped in and in my way of my anorexia mm-hmm. and made it impossible for me to starve myself. Mm-hmm. And it was very frustrating because I was so good at it. It was just like, so like, are you kidding me? I have to eat again? Like, mm. this is ridiculous. Did you not get pleasure out, out of eating? Or like, what? because for me... For the anorexia, I got pleasure out of control. Not eating. So that control was more pleasurable than food. And there's some research on that. I'm sure some of you have heard about it. When you, when you reach that starvation stage, sometimes um, endorphins kick in mm. and you feel kind of like, uh, kind of high, kind of like, yeah. Okay. So I go that why? And so you get a little buzz like mm. of starving, you know, mm. I wasn't really starving obviously, but of not eating for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and then that part gets a little addicting, that mm-hmm. kind of feeling of like, control, like I don't have to eat like you do, or you mm-hmm. do, or you do, mm-hmm. and I also get a little endorphin boost, so mm-hmm. it becomes sort of addictive. Yeah. And it, and it definitely did. And um, and I learned from a friend, by the way, like some of those eating disorders are easy to learn from someone else. Yeah. So I saw a friend do it in college, and I'm like, what's she doing? Because yeah. we'd go out to eat, and she's like, I'll have, I'll have a burger, and then she would eat like two bites of it, and I'm like, she left it. Mm. So that became a competition. Like, I'll have one bite. They're so competitive. So I'm like, oh my God, half a bite of that (laughs) burger. And that perfectionist quality too, like competitive perfectionist. Like, I'm even better, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but of course it led to my undoing after I had my child because, and I never recovered. I've always had low blood sugar since that time period. Mm -hmm. And I have been unable to starve myself. Have you wanted to at times though? Oh yeah, Definitely. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, God, I wish I could just starve myself. Hmm. And I'll try. Mm-hmm. And then either Kaylee or So Mike, even to this day. Even some, like you guys, usually, someone will say, like my neighbor Sarah will come over and she's like, have you eaten? And I'm like, yeah. But I'll be doing something grumpy around the kitchen. And she's like, you know, you should probably eat something. You're acting kind of weird. And I'm like, I feel fine. But then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll eat something. And then I realize I, I'm just pushing the envelope of that. Mm-hmm. Trying to, mm-hmm. you know. And then my mood changes very drastically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I couldn't starve myself, and I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Even if I want to, I can't. Which has been, you know, I thank my body for kind of stepping in and saying, sorry, you kind of screwed it up. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. anymore. You don't get to do that anymore. you got to eat. And and I found, it's unusual, but for my way of being, that's what's worked for me. Mm -hmm. And also, I think... When I was growing up, I was, um, you know, it was, my parents ate very healthy, mm-hmm. very healthy eaters. And so certain things weren't allowed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, so now, even now I'm like, I'm going to have a Coke because mm-hmm. I was never allowed to have Coke or bacon, not too much mm-hmm. bacon. Mm-hmm. And Kaylee's seen this where I'm, it's almost like I'm living the dream, you know, or it's like, <laughs> you're like, I got my Coke and my bacon. <laughs> Life is made. Life is, look at me, folks. Yeah. I'm on top of the world this morning. I got two slices of bacon with my eggs. Yeah. But it's weird, isn't it? If you think about it, like how some of our dietary stuff comes from our childhood. Mm-hmm. Don't you think in mm-hmm. some, in certain instances, for me, it's, it's almost, I'm still rebelling from my childhood about, you know, drinking a Coke or having bacon. Right. Yeah. And I'm 56. Like, hello. Of course, yeah. you can have bacon whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But and then the bacon actually makes you feel good. If I don't overdo bacon, <laughs> <laughs> everything in moderation, folks. <laughs> bacon, peanut M and M's, pizza. <laughs> it has to be in moderation because here's another story about diet. After I had my first kid, 
um, that I had trouble again, so I, as I said, with my blood sugar. So I started to eat a lot of processed meats. Don't ask me why. <laughs> and it might be because processed meats kind of keep the blood sugar. They're hard for the body to process. Yeah, they take They've time. They've got fat so, yeah. in them. Yeah, fat makes protein. it harder to digest mm-hmm. and kind of absorb. It's, it's slower. Slower. So I got kind of hooked on, well, all right, salami, maybe some hot dogs. Okay, salami and hot dogs. Salami and hot dogs. So maybe I was overdoing it a little bit on the salami and hot dogs. Yeah. And then I started to have seizures. Uh-huh. Oops. Oopsies. And I had some great doctors, and they're like, why don't you keep a journal of what you're eating? Mm-hmm. And so I kept a journal, and sure enough, after, you know, four hot dogs and bacon all day, and some maybe salami sandwiches, <laughs> I'd have a seizure. Sorry, I'm not trying to say, <laughs> trying to say gross. I will. I'd have a seizure. And <laughs> they were like, you know... You might want to cut out those processed meats and see if the seizures stop. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, well, that's wow, bright of you folks. So I did, and the seizures and stopped. stopped. Mm-hmm. And so I do have to be kind of aware of not um, of your bacon. You but again, say. a blessing to my body in a weird way of like, it's just telling me all the time, like, mm, mm-hmm. that's kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Better pay attention. Yeah. And I think all our bodies, I think you brought up a good point, Kaylee, in terms of, you know, how we're kind of numb to our, our bodies yeah. trying to communicate with us. Yes. But if we take that time to start that dialogue, to start listening to our bodies, you know, what is it that you want? Yeah. And then, yeah. if in moderation I can have a little bit of that, will that work for you, body? Mm-hmm. And the body's like, yes, a little bit would be great. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a really important part to open up that dialogue, mm-hmm. to open up that curiosity in terms of like not not doing exactly what people, what the shoulds of the world tell you to do, mm-hmm. but being more curious about you yourself and your body and what works for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also, um, I think that food is... Um, I also think about who I'm giving my money to. Mm, mm-hmm. So for me, one of the reasons that I like shop exclusively at our natural grocery store is because I, if I feel like the process start to finish of the creation of my food was out of, um, with love and with good intention and, and created by people who cared about what they were making, then I believe that it also has a better um, effect on my body. Mm-hmm. That's something that I believe. And so when I am supporting a small farmer or, you know, I, I was going through this big debate with myself earlier this year. Some of you, I, I posted about it, but if I eating dairy or not eating dairy. And, this is and a was, great story, by the way. I love what Kaylee did because... She actually went and then researched mm-hmm. um, her what her concerns were and found someone to answer her questions. Yeah, so. so my concern wasn't so much as, I don't know if dairy is healthy for me, which is, I know a reason why a lot of people don't eat dairy because there is science behind it. And I know that for some people it's inflammatory mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mucus building. Yeah, mucus building. And so for me, it, that, it wasn't so much about that because I think that cheese makes me feel fantastic. In fact, I just had some really good cheese just big now. Big block of very expensive cheese. I did. I, I bought a big block of nice cheese, and I very much She's enjoy like, it. She's like, how did we spend $100 at the grocery store? I'm like, how much was that block of cheese? I know. <laughs> and my green juice. I think my green juice was like it was $5. Kind of crazy, but I blamed good stuff. It on, I blamed it on us. It was my fault. It was good stuff, though. It was good stuff. Well, and it makes me feel good. Yeah. And so for me, $5 is worth it to start my day feeling amazing with green juice mm-hmm. because it does make me feel good. So anyways, with this dairy thing, I was more concerned with the humanity of the cows. And so for me, I'm not going to feel as good if I know that this poor animal has no ability to move its body, is hooked up to this machine that's just, that's, or, or, or the, or the animal is then pumped full of hormones so that it produces more milk. And then for me to just mindlessly eat these dairy products, I, that to me is going to have an energetically negative 
effect on my body because I care about that. And even now, how you had heard that they took the baby the cows. The baby cows away from their mother so that the moms could keep producing enough milk for us to consume. And then you'd hear about these poor screaming cows being ripped from their mothers. The mother's like screaming for their calves and the calves going to live in isolation basically. Um, And then they're being bottle fed by like fake milk product basically so that we can drink their milk. And to me, that's horrifying. It is horrifying to me. And even this morning, I had to use a creamer at this hotel that we're at that's not from, you know, a, a, a farm that I feel good about. And I had a hard time. Granted, I still did it. So obviously my conviction isn't that strong, although it should be. But I, I, I really felt bad about it. Mm-hmm. Now, what I, so what I was interested in is, is there a humane way to be doing this? And so I, we have a local, we have a local um, farm slash dairy that's about an hour's drive from our town. And I emailed them and I scheduled a visit for me and my family. And I talked to, obviously Piper doesn't get it. She is too young, but I talked to Huxley about it. And I said, here's what happens when we drink milk. And here's what happens when we eat cheese. And here's what happens when we eat eggs. And here's what happens when we eat meat. Okay. So now I want to show you what this process looks like. And I I want to go see for myself too. I want to see where these baby calves are because they do, they do at a time separate them from their moms. I want to see how this process, I want to see these animals and I want to be able to look at this process and make my decision based on how I feel about the source of my food and how these animals are being treated. And the owner of this farm, Jen, amazing woman, this farm is lifeline. Um, she took my family on a tour of all of the animals, all of them. She let us see all the animals. She let us see the whole process of of everything. She let my girls, um, go and get eggs and we got to take the eggs home. Like the process made me feel really good about using their products. And I exclusively buy their dairy products at our grocery store because I feel good about their product and then their product in turn, makes me feel good in my body. Yeah. And there's something to that as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know, everyone, where is your food coming from? Where's your food coming from? Who is the person who who grew this, this food? Where? How happy is the person who is on the conveyor belt, you know, packaging up your food? How How much does this company who's who you are supporting, how well are they taking care of their employees? How well are they taking care of the animals that are going into the production of your food? That is the stuff that makes me sick. Mm -hmm. When I think about some more, you know, just like massively produced food products, that makes me sick to think about. Mm -hmm. And then in turn, I don't think their food makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And then I believe that eating that type of food can lead to disease. Mm -hmm. These are my beliefs, and I think that they become my truths. Mm -hmm. And I feel better when I support food and I support companies that I, that I believe they're doing good work. Mm-hmm. And so, so for me, I really like to think about the energetic component of that as well. Yeah. I will put a massive slab of lifeline butter on my toast and I'm going to feel good about who I'm supporting, where my money goes, how that animal was treated. And then in turn, how it makes my body feel. The process feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and it's so funny to think about like over like 50 years ago when my mom grew up, they all knew where their food came from. Everybody knew where their food came from. Because it was like, oh, it's from Farmer Dan down the street. Yeah. You know, and you'd know the farmer and you'd know the dairy person and you'd know the pig farmer where we live in Hawaii. Um, Yeah. Kahala, the area where near where I grew up was all pig farms. Mm -hmm. Now it's multi-million dollar homes. Sure. Which and you don't know where your pig. You don't know. You no don't know the idea. pigs. No you don't know where, where those are pigs the pigs. Are. You don't know where they are. We where don't are see the pigs. No one's making us look at where our food is coming from. Right. Anymore. It's all hidden in in weird dark warehouses. They warehoused everything. And I think you know. I have to say, I think now times are changing because of consumers like you. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, literally twenty years ago, there wasn't organic stuff at the grocery store. But twenty years before that, it was only organic. Exactly right. That's exactly right. So we went right. through this. 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 The, we have this desire to mass produce mm-hmm. at very cheap prices, and that is really destructive, I it's believe. It's problematic. It's problematic. It's problematic. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a lot of people even think about this. 
I don't think people think about where their food is coming, the energy that their food carries because of, if, if we're going to get like super crazy about this, the story of that food item. What is the story? And, and part of me is like, when I was not eating dairy, because I went through a phase where I was not eating dairy, then my husband is like, yeah, but you're eating or you're drinking cashew or you're eating cashew butter. Where is a cashew grown? Do you know how far they have to ship oh, cashew, ship cashew butter cashew to get stuff. to my plate? Mm -hmm. Or almond milk. Do you know that it takes a gallon of water to produce one almond? He's like, you're, he's like, okay, I get what you're doing here, but you're also using a ton of resources Impacting. to produce your um, non-dairy alternatives. Oh, interesting. And so for me, I was like, oh yeah, I live nowhere near a cashew farm, <laughs> but I live very close to a dairy farm. Yes. And so there's also part of Good that point. is like, what is the environmental cost of the foods that we're eating? Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me. If we want our children, our grandchildren to have a beautiful place to call home, these things need to be in our minds. Mm -hmm. And we probably have to keep fighting for them. Yeah. In terms of consumers mm -hmm. and knowing what we want and what we want to purchase and mm -hmm. demanding We that. have to be informed consumers. Yeah. And yet, you can eat, um, you know, you you can eat a piece of white bread that is, you know, from a bag that's produced halfway across the country by by people who are just at their job and not loving it. And I, in my opinion, I don't know. I, I think that matters. I think that matters. I think it's going to have a different effect on my body than when I eat a piece of white bread, which, you know. Is not the healthiest type of bread to be eating. A piece of white bread that was produced at the bakery that is 10 blocks from my house that I drive by every day. I think it makes a difference mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. me. To me. And that's why I think we all need to be really understanding what does my body need, but also where where does this line up with my values? Yeah. Because I think when we act from a place of these are my values and now my actions follow or my actions are going in the direction of my values, the the effect will be mm -hmm. better. Because it's congruous. It's Yes. And you there's know? not that discord between your values and your actions. Right. Which can cause, you know, ill health. Illness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. Because it causes stress and, you know, you're not following on the path that really you, that is important to That's you. That's important to you. Yeah. Exactly. So it's good for us to define what that is for each of us, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in our own lives. And I also know that there's a, an element of privilege here. I know that I can afford to buy good, the $10 good butter. Point. Yeah. And some people can't afford and some to people buy that. can't afford that. But I think that's also where, um, uh, you know, and I don't do this personally in my, in my home, but when people, um, you know, bless the food or ask the food to be blessed before they eat it, I think that kind of ties into what we're talking about oh, is, good. is, is saying, please let this food bless my body mm -hmm. and let this food have, you know, keep me healthy and how they're thankful for it and thankful for it you know? and grateful. Yes. Yeah. I think that that piece of gratitude is huge because we've grown up in a generation, generations, a few generations here where we, we haven't really been at a loss for food. We know, you know, and right. I think, we have a surplus of food. I think the generations before my generation, a few generations before mine, like my mother's generation, like maybe during world war one or world war two, mm -hmm. there was a very clear understanding in the depression that there are times where there will not be enough yes. food. And they are very grateful mm -hmm. for their food, it seems like, to yeah. me. Yeah, and they, they're much more conscientious yes. of it. And, they're they're, like, and they don't and they like save. to waste. No, yes, they no, don't waste. Yeah, they don't waste. And now because we have this surplus, you see people throwing away left and right. One of the biggest waste problems we have is food waste. Oh, that's right. Yeah, someone mm -hmm. was talking about Rob, that. Rob talks about that a lot. And now they're trying to get restaurants and other places to, to, to donate that food mm -hmm. waste. Yeah. Or to make smaller portions. Yeah, Why we, does a portion have to be like three times the amount of food we should be eating? I got pasta like that the other day. Luckily, I saved it and I ate it for two more meals, which mm -hmm. was awesome because I'm sure. too, I'm busy in the summer. We don't cook. Yeah. But, it was, but I was like, who could ever eat? We have this surplus. This entire amount of pasta. It's like for four people. And have you guys noticed, at least I'm this way, when I when there's more food, I like, uh, I eat more. Eat when it. there is more, I'll eat more. I almost and feel I guilty, too, even. because I'm like, oh, I left it. But when there's less, and you're like, wow, this is really special. This is special. It almost makes you enjoy it more, because you're like, wow, like, this is a special thing. Yeah. And 
and and so yeah I think that there's something to that too like Mm -hmm. I think we need to what if we care more about what we're eating what if we care more about the quality of the ingredients that we're putting into our body I think we actually need to eat less when you use higher quality products they usually have higher nutritional value and then you actually need to eat less Mm -hmm. of them good point but when you're just filling your body with junk it's never going to feel like but then again I'm going to totally contradict what I'm talking about you know, peanut M&Ms may be classified as junk, but they make you feel really good. So everything that I just said is well, totally like, you know. And that's in my own head. You know, it's like I have three peanut M&Ms. And again, I'm going to say that weird thing. It has the chocolate. It has the peanut. No, I, you're on it something with that. It totally does. Like, I get it. For whatever reason, I've convinced but myself. But do you think a good food store natural version of the peanut M&Ms would make you feel as good as a peanut m Oh, M&M? yeah, most Oh, you do? If they made them. They do. Like a peanut M&M. I will buy you them. They don't make the peanut Yes, M&M. they do. They don't have a They're called um, sun drops. Yes, they do. No, they they're called sun drops, but they're dyed them. with like beet and carrot. I will oh, buy you some. They're I might in the eat bulk those. section. I, might, I would eat those if they look like a peanut Well, they're M&M. not as bright and they don't have an M on them, but they're doled down. And they have a nut in them. Yes, they oh, have yeah. a nut in yeah, them. Yeah, I can eat that. They have a peanut in them. Yeah, I can eat But that. I'm also curious if maybe they wouldn't make you feel as good because you don't have the attachment. That's a very and the, good point. The, 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 the value tied the into them. The power of the brain and is the... insane. Yes, right. And yes. we all know that in terms of placebo effect yeah. and, and all that good stuff that, you know, what we attach to something, what the brain attaches to, we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we can give people placebos you might have a liver disorder and we might say, this is a placebo. It's going to make your liver feel better, but it is a placebo and people will physically feel, feel, better, feel better and will measure their liver, you know, issue or whatever mm-hmm. in, and enzymes or whatever. And they're better, mm-hmm. but it's the bot, the brain believing it mm-hmm. yeah, and then changing its own chemistry. Yes. Like changing its own chemistry. How totally. crazy is that? Totally. Doesn't yeah. work every time, but it works quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's fascinating too. On that's the other totally end. fascinating to me. Yeah. Now, part of me, though, it just doesn't want to support companies that I don't believe in their mission and values. And well, so for me, it would I, would rather, I would rather support organic um, I, companies that I feel like are have more integrity than some of the bigger companies that I think just push out cheap food um, to make a lot of money. But if I didn't have that belief system, or if that wasn't a value of mine, then I bet I could feel better eating Mm-hmm. You know, some, some of the foods that you're talking about, if I really attach that, that, that belief in them making me feel good, I bet I could. And it almost is like when I ate those foods during that time period when the blood sugar was so off, mm-hmm. it was like, I felt better. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I, I attach so much importance to them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right? Yes. Totally. So I was like, yes, totally. this is my lifesaver. Mm-hmm. This will make me get through my day. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that. Yeah. And it's really interesting for me. Like I cannot eat if I'm really hungry, fruit is going to derail me. I completely lose it when I eat sweet stuff when I'm really hungry. Like tonight we were driving home from the workshop and I'm like, I need some food. And it was like, do you want this or do you want olives? I'm like, give me the olives. Like I know that when I'm starting to get like really hungry, I need salty Salt. and I prefer fat. So I had olives and cheese. Salt and I was like, fat. that's what I need. And that's because that's again, what I need. We'll get back to that point. You are the expert on you. Yes. So continue to stay curious about what works for your body. Totally. You might have someone telling you something and you're trying. You're like, I still don't feel good when I do that. I don't feel good when I do that. Then stay curious. But I think the problem is people don't know what foods make them feel good and what foods make them don't feel good because they are... And I'm not saying you guys. I'm not saying you listeners because I feel like a lot of a lot of. Um, but they, they don't of, have trust with their bodies or whatever. They're not having a good communication system. With yeah, their I body. think. But the average American, I'll just talk for Americans. I think okay. the average American is really not tuned into how their body feels when they eat. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. And so I think the first step is just really like like we always say is create this dialogue mm-hmm. and slow down and in, in, and taste your food. And, and notice where, how is it making you feel? How is it making you feel? And then make your food choices based on that. And then, yeah, maybe you want to support your local bakery and your local uh, dairy farm and your local butcher. To me, those things feel better. To you, I don't know if it matters so much. Mm, not so much. I think it should matter, but it doesn't matter as much. But I, 
I definitely, when I can buy that stuff, I do buy it, but it's not like, I don't associate that I'm not going to feel better if I eat this particular. But don't you feel better about your, uh... I feel better about my consumption practices, I think, in terms of ethically, you Uh know, as a human. Uh Um, And I think that's definitely something we should all start thinking about. Right. Some of you are already obviously thinking about that. But for those of you who are like me, who don't think about it, and I think sometimes I come from a from a starvation background, which is a weird. It's almost sure. like just yeah. give me bacon. Like I may not live today. Oh, uh-huh. that's not true, of uh-huh. course. But um, you have this. This is like this could be my last day. This could is be that my what last, you mean? That sometimes I go or like this could meal? be it. Yeah, this is my last meal. So I'm just going to eat this bacon, right? And just be appreciative that I had bacon, right? You know, thank you, pig, wherever you came from, or yeah. And you know, and it, it's interesting. I think we just need to before we end this podcast. I think we need to touch on um, you and I haven't talked about the um, physical in terms of. I'm just going to say it. Fat. Mm. We haven't mentioned that yet in in this conversation. How often do you make your food choices based on, is this going to make me fat or not? Never. Because I think that's a big thing for a lot of people. Yes. I don't. You don't? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I do everything in moderation, obviously, because mm-hmm. I came from a starvation background. Uh-huh. But um, but now I don't think about that. I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. It was a big part of my youth, but I don't know. Because I was, I got, my blood sugar got so bad. Mm-hmm. That it almost rewired my brain. Oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. I, I had terrible anxiety about starving to death. Mm-hmm. And what a weird thing. Of course, I right. live in a culture where my husband would say, you can go to the grocery store two blocks away. There's food for you You are there. not going to starve here. Yeah. And I had someone read my, you know, whatever, uh, planets, and they were like, you've been in some sort of holocaust. Something, they were seeing something in my past where I had starved to death. And that I, that it was coming up now in this life somehow. Mm-hmm. And that I was making me, and then, and sometimes I feel like I, it's tapping into some weird, like, yeah. I could starve today. Mm-hmm. But of course, I'm not going to starve mm-hmm. today. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So you're more concerned about starving or not starving versus am I going to get fat from this or not? Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was not me in my 20s. Right. But I had such a radical shift in my physical health. Mm-hmm. that it made me, it had a radical shift for my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I feel like, um, maybe I think about that more. Um, maybe I think about it more than you do, but, uh, because I don't have the body type that you do either. I think you kind of have the luxury of not thinking about that, to be honest. Well, I could still get fat. Yeah, but I feel like you should be fat. <laughs> 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 you should be real fat now, honey. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Well, yeah. Most people who eat the way you do probably aren't going to have the luxury of uh, of staying really thin. Mm-hmm. You know, and like someone like me, I I don't know, but I do. Eat, I, I, but yeah. you eat pretty good too. I mean, I don't see you like no, I, I you know limiting healthy. your healthy food or. You know, I like, try not to limit like I try. I try to limit sugar, and I try to limit like um, fried, fried food, and food. sometimes I crave fried food. It makes me sick. But sometimes, oh my gosh! But here's, but again, if I have like, I'm gonna sound like a food snob right now. But I've got if I have like moulet frites, like mussels mm. and fries and dipped in like a yummy aioli, aioli, then I'm like, this is so good, and it's so good for me. But if I eat nasty fries from, like, I don't know, sorry, you guys, I don't want to offend anyone here, but, like, Red Robin, I'm sorry, I know Red people Robin. love Red Robin fries, but I I think I would eat those fries, I do eat those fries, when I eat fries from places like that, I'm like, uh-oh, this isn't good, this isn't good, but if I eat, if I eat like, a really good fry that I feel like was, like, fried in like good oil and then dipped in this yummy aioli and I'm like just like mayonnaise yeah it is it's mayonnaise <laughs> but I really feel like it has a different it's for me it's totally my brain it's yeah totally, totally my brain memory. yep mm-hmm. yeah although and I'm not saying say, yeah, yeah what sometimes I'll eat some bad fried food oh you get sick and then I you get, get diarrhea I get the diarrhea real bad diarrhea. real bad and it's almost like my body like you know dude you cannot eat that yeah. but then if I eat good fried food 
No, I, I don't can't eat I any fried like Your body food. doesn't really like that. I do food. crave it occasionally if I get super tired. I just feel like, I have to eat, I'm so hungry. Yeah. And I'll wolf it down, but then sure enough, yeah. diarrhea. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to diarrhea. Michelle, if you're listening, which of course you're listening, Michelle always laughs because she says every conversation <laughs> in the office always comes back to diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> What's better than talking about diarrhea? Huh? Well, we're going to end our podcast with diarrhea. How so, about constipation? Uh, not a problem for me, usually. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Well, well, on that poopy note. On that poopy note, we're so glad that we got to talk about our diets and our food. and Super curious about you guys, though. Like, how do you eat? How does food make you feel? How do you make your decisions based on food? Are you feeling food in your bodies? What fuels you? Yeah, keeping that dialogue open, staying curious too. You know, what has your body told you mm-hmm. in terms of what works for you and maybe what doesn't work for you? Because I, I think it helps everyone to kind of see that sometimes. Yeah. You know, if you could write that out on the comments, even like, I found that this works for me. Yeah. You know, because we're all so different, but it's, it's so helpful to read other people's stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that maybe that would work for me. Yeah. Like, for me, my perfect way to start the day would be, like, a cup of coffee, green juice, and a really buttery croissant. Mm. You know? It's like, that is going to make me feel like a million dollars. Give me pastries, lots of pastries, but give me a green juice and a cup of coffee. And you got to have butter I, with the pastry. I'm going to tell you why. Because you, you need the fat. You need the fat to counteract the, the sugar, sugar and the white flour. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, figure out what makes you feel good. And then make good choices about where that food comes from. And I think we're golden. Yeah, I agree. Anyways. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Love you guys. Go eat something delightful and delicious and enjoy every single morsel of it. And let us know how amazing you feel afterwards. Yum, yum. Mm. Mm-hmm.